important it is to offer an antidote to that pressure at home. I wanted to remind myself, as much as anyone, that there are alternatives to our culture's narrow definition of success, and to suggest that we'd be doing all our sons and daughters a service if we'd relinquish some of our collective anxiety over their unknown futures and simply trust them more to find their own way. But as my two sons became teenagers themselves, our stable, orderly life flew apart. Instead of growing in wisdom, I was searching for answers. The idea of trying to offer anybody advice about anything seemed ludicrous. When I tried to write, what came out seemed messy and complicated, as messy and complicated as our own everyday lives. So I realized that I had a choice. I could give up on my idea altogether, or I could take a longer, more circuitous route. I could try to tell my own midlife story of living, loving, and letting go, knowing that doing so would also mean owning up to all that I don't know, all that I'm still trying to figure out. Unlike the first book, this one hasn't come easy. For one thing, writing about teenagers, I soon realized, is even harder than living with them. They are extremely private creatures, after all, demanding of respect. There were many lines I could not cross. As for myself, I'm not a parenting expert or a therapist or a teacher. I'm just a mother confronting the challenges of middle age. Change, loss, a 21-year-old marriage, children leaving home. And none of it is smooth sledding. All I really have to guide me these days is my own response. Joy, gratitude, sadness, fear. In the presence of all that seems most precious now, as my two nearly grown sons strain inexorably against the ties that bind us. It is, of course, a universal drama. Children grow up, they leave home. Clocks tick in empty bedrooms, and untouched gallons of milk turn sour in the fridge because no one's there to drink them. Parents mourn the loss, and at the same time discover the will to reinvent themselves. I know I'm not the first mother who's found it hard to let go, who's yearned for change only to resist it when it comes, who's found it painful at times to accept the fact that my sons are pulling away, moving out into lives of their own nor will I be the last. And so I offer the story of my midlife searching and mothering over the course of five unsettled years in the hope that other mothers will recognize aspects of themselves and remember that unique though our own experiences may be, none of us really travels this path alone. Parenthood is what binds us. Our own doubts and questions awaken empathy for parents everywhere, and our fierce love for our children deepens our compassion for all children. Walking in the woods with a friend, or gathered around a dinner table when the candles have burned low, or sitting in a circle in a church basement, we share our struggles, open our hearts, tell about our lives and our children's lives, in an effort to make sense of things, to learn the hidden truths of ourselves, but also, of course, to share the small discoveries that may somehow ease the way for someone else. This is how it's been for me. Chapter 1. Change. To exist is to change. To change is to mature. To mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. Henri Bergson. When my children were small, I would sometimes lie in bed in the early morning and try to envision the day ahead. Not the schedule we would keep or the activities in store, but rather the attitude I wanted to bring to these things imagining myself being patient, calm, accepting. I would create a picture in my mind of the mother I wanted to be for my two young boys. Of course, at some point the day's challenges would always get the better of me. 
Jack would stick a bead up his nose and tell me it had magically disappeared. Henry would spill his third glass of orange juice in a row. And I'd catch myself being impatient, critical, brusque. Not the kind of mother I'd envisioned at all. Back then, I took comfort in knowing that when things got tough, we could always regroup and start over. I could take a deep, slow breath, pop my cranky children into a tub full of bubbles, toast bagels, let the storm clouds blow over. Well, the beat up the nose did require a trip to the ER. Still, I felt so certain that tomorrow would be just another day, another chance to try to get it right, followed by another and another after that, and hundreds more, all more or less like the very day I was struggling to get through at that moment. It seemed to me during those early years of child raising that my son's childhoods would go on forever. I couldn't imagine any life other than the one that consumed me right then, a life shaped by the joys and demands of raising young children. From the time my older son was three months old,